From WOUB News, this is The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm April Leslie. And I'm Ben Polstowait. Each week on our show, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. This week, the International Space University is exploring the often complicated relationship between science and popular culture. Then, we take a look at a program in Athens that's providing free lunches for young kids who may often go hungry during summer vacation. But first, summer is in full swing in Ohio, and that means produce from all over the state is making its way to grocery stores. But for some Ohioans, fresh food is still out of reach. We looked into one organization that's working to bring the farm to the table. At first, it sounds like a car auction, but come a little closer. They're red, aren't they, John? They're red strawberries. Right there, good-looking strawberries right there. That's right. Up for grabs today is a flat of fresh strawberries, and they're going fast. This is all pretty typical here at the Chester Hill Produce Auction, housed in a little pavilion in the middle of a sprawling field in Morgan County. Each Monday and Thursday at 4 p.m., the pavilion turns into a bustling marketplace where sellers auction off fresh food to buyers from across southeast Ohio. It all started with what sounds like a simple idea bring food that needs selling to people who want to buy it. It turns out there's a lot more to it. This is a food hub. The food's here, it's the hub of a wheel. And all those other things are the spokes. That was Tom Redfern. T-O-M-R-E-D-F-E-R-N. He's the Sustainable Agriculture Coordinator at Rural Action, the nonprofit that runs the auction. When he started there in 2004, he says the auction was just an idea, but they knew it had potential. At the time, there were six produce auctions in Ohio, and they were successful. He says they modeled their plan for Chester Hill from those auctions and set out to get the community involved. We kept saying, Chester Hill Produce Auction, Chester Hill Produce Auction, Chester Hill Produce Auction, and we made it a thing. When it opened in 2005, with the help of AmeriCorps VISTA volunteers and grant funding, it took off. Buyers liked the cost and quality of the produce and the energy of the auction, and Redfern says sellers liked it because it took a weight off their shoulders. Something that we've been able to do is to share the risk of being a farmer as a community. Rural Action takes 15% of the profits farmers earn when they sell their crops at the auction. With that money, they advertise, maintain the building, and cover it whenever someone bounces a check. For smaller farmers who have been subject to high fees and long waits for selling space at farmers markets, according to AmeriCorps volunteer Megan Conkle, that's good news. They bring it here because they're able to start their business, start growing, get into it. They don't have to wait on a waiting list somewhere. Of course, there are a lot more buyers than sellers at the auction. And Conkle says who comes each week and why is constantly in flux. We have, you know, individual buyers who are buying for their families coming, and we have people who are coming and buying large quantities to can. We have people who are coming from restaurants. We have chefs and restaurants and people that are coming and buying. Uh, We have people buying for the... And the list goes on. Conkle says people from the community are pretty good at thinking up ways to take advantage of the auction. I mean, a lot of the things, though, that we came up with are things that we didn't necessarily visualize. We just have the manpower through maybe Vista or through grant writing and things like that to actually put them into action. One of those ideas was Country Fresh, a program that brings fresh produce from the auction into food deserts or places where quality fresh food just isn't available. Places like MacArthur, a town of less than 2,000 people, where the nearest grocery store is half an hour away. That's where Rural Action just opened its latest country fresh stop, off a busy highway at a convenience store called LNS Drive Through. I followed Redfern's produce pack truck out to watch them set up for the first time. New potatoes, some cabbage, peas, 
cucumbers. There's a lot to unload here, but Patrick and Linda Murphy, the owners of the store, have a plan. Um, we're going to start with that little rack right oh, back perfect. there. Right there. Um, the Murphys reached out to Rural Action because they were looking for a way to stand out among all the other convenience stores in MacArthur, many of which sell gasoline. They're also well-versed in the problems that come with living so far away from a grocery store. A lot of people in the area have talked about, well, I ran out of this, I was making this and I didn't have, I got to drive to go get an onion or a tomato or something like this. Those are the kinds of concerns that Redfern has heard for years. We know there's a problem. Basically, we have the highest poverty rates in the state, the highest hunger rates in the state, diabetes ep epidemic, childhood obesity epidemics. All these are related to the lack of fresh food. Obviously, Rural Action built the auction and the Country Fresh program to tackle some of these issues, but they know there's still some problems to work out. It's still easier and sometimes cheaper for people to buy prepackaged foods than to seek out something different. But as we're packing up to leave the Murphy's store, it seems like they have reason to be optimistic. Good luck. Nice well, to meet you. Same here. Take care. We've already had one phone call. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wanted to know if we had fresh produce. Oh. Yes, we do. <laughs> for WOUB News, I'm April Leslie. Over the past several weeks, the International Space University has brought dozens of leaders in spaceflight and science to Southeast Ohio. This week, the program is exploring where space meets pop culture. While hundreds of scientists have arrived in Athens for the International Space University's Space Studies program, Ohio University hosted a slightly different group of people this week. On Wednesday, the Arthur C. Clarke panel focused on where space meets popular culture. It featured panelists with backgrounds ranging from science fiction writing to animation and filmmaking. Michael Potter is the director of several documentaries about space and served as one of the panel's two co-chairs. He says that panels like this represent an important and sometimes underrated element of space science. And so we struggle a lot in our day-to-day -day lives about how do you communicate that, how do you inspire the next generation. We really are powerful supporters of STEAM, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, uh, art, and mathematics. A main theme of the night's discussion was the often troubled relationship between science fact and science fiction. John Beck Hoffman is a filmmaker for the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. His most famous work is Seven Minutes of Terror, the virally popular video explaining the challenges of landing the Mars rover. Before the panel, he expressed some frustrations in working with science management, saying he didn't really feel an equal place for art in science. Oh, John, you're an artist. Shut up. You know. Artists are like small a, if they're even in STEAM, they're small a, not capital. At the panel, Potter and Dr. Harry Clore, both ISU graduates, led discussions on the role of science in popular culture and media. The panel was held in honor of Arthur C. Clarke, the pioneering science fiction author of 2001 A Space Odyssey, and a co-founder of the International Space University. Mike Resnick is the author and editor of dozens of science fiction novels, and is currently the record holder as the most nominated author for the Hugo Award. Resnick worked closely with Clark, who, through his writing, made many correct predictions about modern technology. But Resnick cautions against looking to science fiction to tell the future. And science fiction and science fiction writers constantly point this out. We're not in the predicting business. We're in the what-if business. And there are a lot of what-ifs that are meaningful from which you can draw moral conclusions as well as scientific ones. 
Dr. Harry Clore, one of the panel's moderators, has worked as a scientific consultant and a writer on such shows as Star Trek Voyager. He echoed that sentiment, warning about the power that creative media have to teach both science fact and science fiction. Um, in Hollywood, we drive things through drama, through fiction, um, and sometimes we get science right, but more often we will make a movie like Interstellar. Uh, However, the conversation took a turn. Before the panel, John Beck Hoffman, the filmmaker, was frustrated with his connection between art and hard science. But by the end of the panel, he had changed his tune. He described first showing his work to NASA officials after joining the media team and successfully injecting the emotion of art into science. He recalled how eager engineers were to let their guard down for the documentaries he produced. Like for me, it is a big honor to be here because um, as you were talking about STEM, and now you want to call it STEAM, um, I was like that little A begging to be part of something important. And now I feel like I'm an actual capital A in this <laughs> process. That attitude was echoed by the rest of the panelists, all of whom, in their own ways, bring us a little closer to outer space. For WOUB News, I'm Ben Postlewaite. When school ends and summer break begins, many young kids in Athens County often go without something they spend most of the year relying on, a free lunch. Producer Erica King followed one Athens organization that hopes to solve that problem. The Athens County Children's Services is tackling child hunger issues in Athens County through their 8th annual peanut butter and jelly project. The PB&J project offers a weekly loaf of bread, a jar of jelly, and a jar of peanut butter to children in need. The Athens County Children's Services fed 3,476 children last year through the project. According to Public Relation and Community Events Coordinator for Athens County Children's Services, Robin Webb says the PB&J project will feed 500 kids for the next five weeks. I think that people could always be more aware, but the Athens County community does a really good job responding to the peanut butter and jelly project, for example. The project is made possible completely through the generosity of community members who donate money so we can buy bread or donate peanut butter and jelly that we give out to families. According to Community Relations Coordinator for the Athens County Department of Job and Family Services, Arian Smedley says she sees a major problem with child hunger in the community. I think a lot of people are aware of it in our community, which is evident in the type of response that children's services get with their peanut butter and jelly program. It's really a remarkable effort that they've put on to address this very real reality, which is that a lot of people in our community don't have the resources to meet their basic human needs. The project will end on Thursday, August 6th. For more information on how you can contribute and donate, visit www.athenschildrenservices.com. Reporting for WLUB News, I'm Erica King. That's it for our show this week. Our show is produced each week by myself and Ben. We're edited by Atish Badia, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme song is written and performed by Ryan Gabus. Subscribe to the outlet on iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. We'll be back each week throughout the summer with more stories about the Athens and Ohio University communities. 